Hey, what's up, everyone? This is JD. Crazy day. Cool. I have Scott. I have Ezra. I forget what episode we're on. I think it's five. Yeah. We'll find out. Here we go. What's up, Scott? What's up, What's up, Ezra? Hey. How we doing? Pretty good. Great. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah, I feel that. <sighs> Deep breath. This is great. <laughs> so we have Scott with us. Yep. Scott, uh, how do you say your last name? Chapis. Chapis. I think I've always said Chapius. And you're entitled to be wrong. Okay, fair enough. Wow. <laughs> Ezra Miller, West Toledo Arts Director. Thank you for being here again. Of course. Uh, we have Scott here today because Scott knows Ezra. Ezra knows Scott. Scott goes to West Toledo campus. Scott does production at West Toledo campus. I'm loving all these bridges. Yeah, right? I'm just a bridge maker, uh, miracle worker. Okay. No. <laughs> I was waiting okay. for that. So, Scott, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me, uh, tell me where you're from, how long you've lived here in Toledo area. Tell me... What do you do now for a living? And what was uh, the first time you um, went to Cedar Creek? So, yeah. So I love that you've had a lot of people who grew up in the area and whatnot. I'm not one of those people. Grew up in Canton, Ohio. So Pro Football Hall of Fame was just an easy spot to take kids so that we would, you know, be quiet. But then, yeah, moved out this way coming up on two years ago for a job, actually. I'm a professor of communication up at Concordia University in Ann Arbor. Okay, so how far? That's like forty-five minutes. Forty-five drive? minutes. Okay, so cool. Not not bad. All right. Um, depending on if people can drive, then actually end up coming to Cedar Creek the day after I moved out here. Okay. Um, and what year was that? Twenty nineteen. Okay, so recent. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, honestly, thought uh, you've been here for a couple year, a couple more years longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I did my PhD at Bowling Green State University, but. Um, but yeah, left the, left the area for a year and then God was just like, Hey, you're coming back. I'm like, great. So nice. Uh, let's see. So you started attending Cedar Creek in 2019. Mm-hmm. When, when did you first attend? Was it a particular service or was it just like at a random, like how, what led you to come to Cedar Creek? Well, I mean, right after I moved out this way, um, I mean, Something to know about me is I, I'm terrible with moves because I hate picking myself up and starting over and not knowing anyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's very intimidating for me. It's and a lot of change. It is. And I, I've had a lot of change in my life, and so I'm not a big fan of change. And so, like, that really f- second full day in Toledo, like, I was just kind of, like, feeling lonely, feeling, like, isolated, not knowing anyone. And I was looking at churches, which is, like, what I do when I move and, and I saw Cedar Creek had a Saturday service. I'm like, and West Toledo's five minutes from my apartment. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to go check it out. Walked in and I'm like, I'm not going to know people here. It's, yeah. there are a lot of people. It's terrifying. And when I meet people, I'm very introverted. I don't naturally talk to people when I first, like, am in a new place. And so I'm just there intimidated as all get out. I'm like, mm. well, this is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I can relate. I'm pretty introverted too. Usually, if I'm in a new new spot, it's hard for me to kind of 
just like what branch out, throw my arms around like, hey, I'm JD. <laughs> no, it's a, that'd be weird. I mean, just make sure you use that voice each time too. Yeah. Okay. I'll change it up every time I say I introduce myself. To Perfect. Someone. And then I'll make uh, aliases for every person. We I can meet. move on. Okay. Anyways, yeah. And anyway, a lot of derailing yeah, the, on these podcasts, good. and it ends up I'm having to edit everything. Anyways. Uh, cool. So you just came at a random time, and it was 2019. Mm-hmm. So, it was, so uh, let's see, what month? July. Oh, in July. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So yeah. then, come January, hit COVID. Right. Yeah. And then you're, and then we're all telling you like, oh, hey, you gotta stay home. Like, right. That was and, wild. Right. And like, and I had just started getting plugged in with arts. I started in end of September, getting plugged in that year, and then. Then, yeah, one thing led to another. I mean, Jason left, COVID happened, mm-hmm. and that's just like, okay, great. Everything's just in chaos. Yeah. That, so you thought you thought things – were you very confused with all those changes for yourself? Because you just coming to a brand-new church. Still probably don't know a lot of people. Right. You did growth track. Yeah, I mean, and I actually started growth track my second week at Cedar Creek. Awesome. That's that's fantastic. And then did you join a group a little after that? Um. It took a little bit longer to yeah. join a group because I was more like, eh. Still well, weren't sure. Right. Okay. And then uh, then you started getting in production. Mm-hmm. What was, was there like something that clicked for you that you're like, production, that's that's what I want to do. I mean, other than out of growth track, we do provide disc assessment. Right. So that was probably part of it. You probably had, I assume you had creative communication on there somewhere. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, you think that was one of it? Was, was there any other kind of sparks well, like I knew I wanted to get involved with arts, and initially I'd submit a an audition video for um, being up on stage. And Jason at the time was like, "Hey, like your voice needs some training because you know I'm classically trained as a vocalist, which is a great thing for 17th century, but <laughs> you know nowadays not so modern." And wow. so Jason's like, "Hey, here's this great outlet for you to be able to still be a part of this team," and I had done some of that kind of production work at my previous church when I was living in Worcester and so it was more of like that seamless transition because I was more working with like computer and stuff at the time so yeah yeah that's awesome so um to this day how long you've been doing production at West oh gosh I mean you know like it's been since like end of September of 2019 so I mean we're coming up on like do we include the gap from COVID in there I, I don't know I mean, I mean not we, really. Yeah, not not really. I see. A it's bug not over to there. take away like experience. Like you were still plugged in right. with with you know Kamisha and stuff like that. So like you were still in the community. But like yeah, I think to I think to fully appreciate your progress, right. I would say no. So I think if that's the case, then maybe a year. Yeah. Okay. Which nice. is incredible. Oh yeah. As we dive more into what Scott's life looks like and his involvement and stuff now. Yeah. Keeping in considerate in, in consideration, like hands on for just a year, is very impressive. So yeah, so we'll transition to that. One more question. Yep. Uh, so coming in production, you said you did uh, production kind of stuff in your past church. Mm-hmm. When you came on um, on the team at Cedar Creek doing production, mm-hmm. did you feel overwhelmed? Was there a lot of different things compared to the uh, your past experiences? I'm um, not really. I mean, because they they used Pro Seven, and at th- 
at the church, like I was also like working to control the pastor's monitor at the same time. And at West, we don't necessarily have that as a big thing. Right. So it actually was a little bit lighter coming in for me, which I think may be a little bit different than others may okay. experience, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So then transition from that, Ezra. Um you got you got onboarded with Jason. Mm-hmm. Jason <clears throat> moved out to um South Carolina. Ezra got moved to West as arts director. Mm-hmm. So you're adopting that team which Scott was included in. How was that for you? Yeah, it actually, with Scott, our friendship actually started in your arts group. That's where we met. Yeah. Was, um, oh yeah. I can't remember (laughs) who it was. Someone reached out. I think it was Gabe reached Mm -hmm. out about vocal, like vocal improvement or something I could help him out with. And then Scott sent me a private message in that group as well. Said, Hey man, like I'd like to connect too. And, just see like where I could grow or what advice you have for me and stuff and vocals yeah. and stuff like that. So we connected there and ended up hanging out. And I was already at the time I was already living out at West in West Toledo, um, like a couple blocks from the church. Um, so I was just like, man, I'm at white house right now, but like, come on, come on over and we'll connect. We hung out on my porch before I actually like applied for West. So okay. we started a friendship and think pretty much just thinking that was going to be it. Um, then the Lord kind of led us the direction of, South, of uh, West Toledo and, um, yeah, adopting the team and being able to break the news to Kamisha and Scott and a couple a couple other people that I had started to form relationships with. It was cool to be like, um, and my transition to White House was just a ton of new people. I did not live in this area before coming this way yep. um, to work at Cedar Creek, so I literally knew no one. Um, with West, it was nice cause I kind of had some people that already enjoyed my company and, um, had formed some friendships, relationships with. So Scott was one of them. And, uh, really from there on out, just taking on the role of, uh, leader and kind of balancing leader and friendship. Uh, and that's been like a really, I mean, kind of like a really good, but bumpy road in our, in our relationship, Yeah. uh, between each other. And so... That was kind of the balancing act, but it's been really good. Yeah. So, uh, like you said before, there's there's been a lot of a lot of perspective change from Scott, but also uh, having conversations with you, Ezra, a lot of perspective change just overall from the team. Just because you know, in the past, I mean, you you get with any campus, you have a person set in a leader position there for long periods of time naturally just as humans you end up really getting close to them building relationships building a bond you know building that security where it's just like okay feel very comfortable but then when you bring in someone new it's and with change with anyone change is hard change is hard and so west did experience that for um you know good sense of time and then on top of that covid was there and so you trying to connect probably was um kind of difficult i would say we did being candid we you know there's there's people on our teams that just we just have hard times with you know Mm -hmm. just from trying to get them to to understand like hey here's here's the value in you know seeing this perspective seeing this mindset and why we do what we do these values this is why we we uh care about these values in our team in the music we play how we play it how we prepare for it you know you had to do some work 
in yeah. that in that sense of of mentality and kind of breaking some of that down mm-hmm. in a in a healthy way and it was, it was probably difficult Very but difficult. honestly <laughs> i'm i from what i'm hearing it sounds good you know going there's been there's been traction campus. that's yeah. that's grown and yeah. i think just like i mean this is kind of like outside a little bit of like what we're talking about and stuff with Scott and, and whatnot, but like the fact that just any leader that's coming into a new organization, like trust needs to be formed in order for things to get healthy. Uh-huh. And um, that leader needs to know what direction they're headed in, in order for people to be able to get on that train and actually go with that direction. There yeah. needs to be direction that's in mind. Yeah. Um, and, a lot of people have experiences with leaders who don't know what direction they're ha- they're headed in, and they're just asking people just to get on board. And they're like, "Where are we going?" And the leader's like, "We're going forward." And it's like, "What does that mean?" And so, there's that difficulty in informing that trust. On top of yeah, like COVID. Like if you look at it, we've had three arts directors that have joined new teams during COVID. Two of them who have not been connected um, in a leader role at Cedar Creek before. I'm I'm I came from White House to West, but getting into arts roles during COVID, right? Three of our, you know, five campuses that have arts directors uh, stepped into those roles during COVID, and so it's developing that culture and that trust is difficult. And I think to loop back around, um, Scott was one of the team members that I felt like I gained a lot of traction with fast, mm-hmm. and I felt we had a conversation at Rust Belt just about how the more that a leader sees someone lean into being like their potential and wanting to grow, it's like the more ability a leader, if they're willing to take their hands off of things and actually delegate and let go of things, let go of control, the more you're able to step into that mm-hmm. because the person's well, like well equipped and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and Scott's one of one of those people that just, you give him an inch, he's going to run a mile with it mm-hmm. in a good way, in yeah. the best way possible. Yeah. So, so let's let's shift to you starting in production mm-hmm. back there and your your mentality kind of your mindset in that role. I think it's healthy to to actually call those things the past some of those past things out. Yeah, absolutely. In order for you to identify what it looks like, identify a face of for it and then you can you can move it aside mm-hmm. and move forward so so what in when you started production kind of give me some things that i think along with ezra what were some struggles some tensions maybe that you saw ezra that maybe scott didn't necessarily see or maybe you did notice scott that uh some of those tensions but you really didn't know how to handle it or maybe control it um, we've been on the same journey because we've both been in it. Uh, so this will this will probably spark plenty of things for you to feel like you can lean into. But yeah. that challenge that comes along with what I was just talking about of taking taking an inch and running a mile with it, it comes with difficulties because if somebody is very, what's the word, like very, uh, I don't know, like aggressive in their growth. Intense. Very, Kind of, it's kind of intense. Um, I don't, I can't find the word. Is it, is it like fast pace? Yeah, fast pace, just very aggressive is a good word. Yeah, like focused. Yes, Scott's just very focused. Hyper, very, very, yeah. So Scott would would take something and go as far as he possibly could with it, 
And that's amazing, especially as a leader to see that. But what can happen if there's not proper communication, and that's the absolute key between every single dream teamer slash other organizations or whatever, what we, you know, what you, you, you call volunteer or whatever, or coworker even, mm-hmm. is that communication. And so it allows, if that communication is not there, it allows Scott to run way ahead and almost past the vision of what was set. And so if, if him and I talk through one thing and I'm going, this is the target and that's what we're aiming for. Um, and I delegate something out to him. He could go, how much harder can I work and strive to, and this word is a big thing that will spark a lot for him to prove that I'm worthy of, or that I can, or I'm capable of. And before you know it, Scott or whoever said dream teamer has run way ahead of the vision that was cast of going like, I just, I wanted this to be accomplished, but it was so efficient that it went beyond that. And then we have to have that hard conversation of how do we hone back in? How do we reel back and go like, wait, 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 like give it time. Let's be patient. Let things grow in a healthy way. Um, instead of getting unhealthy by just trying to just accomplish as much as possible and, and I think that that topic of of proving your worth has been um, it's been the forefront of most conversations that we've had that have been more difficult. Um, is just honestly, it's been like a kind of a teacher role from from me to Scott yeah, of of absolutely. hey, I don't need you to prove to me that you are worth my time. I see that you are, I see the potential, I see so much potential in you and so much worth in you already that your actions don't define that. So you don't have to go out of your way to try and prove yourself all the time to me or the team or anyone else. Um, Scott was kind of at a level where like if, if he offered to buy me coffee and I said no, he was offended because he was like, he won't let me serve him and therefore... I'm not worth his time today because he doesn't want my coffee. And I'm like, bro, we got to sit down. We got to talk about this coffee thing because it's about so much more than $5 coffee. You Scott's know, Scott's holding back his laugh out of the mic. Yeah, he is, he's, he's trying. But turning red, man. Scott, Be man, red. riff off of that because I know you have a lot to lean into that. You've done a lot of growing in a, in right, a quick right, time. Right. <laughs> yeah, Scott, I, I'm really looking forward to your perspective on this because ultimately uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I want to. I want to see the change. Yeah, I mean, and you know, Ezra's right on with that because I think you know, for me, like a lot of my life has been based on like this turbulence of like relationship, and so in that, sorry, <laughs> but in that, like there was always this belief, even early on in like childhood, that I need to do X, Y, Z in order to prove myself, in order to prove that I was worthy, that I was enough, etc. And that's something that always, like, just kind of, like, tracked through, like, a lot of my life. Even going through, like, undergrad, master's, PhD, like, there was always this, like, need to be doing all these things in order to prove that I was capable in that position. And I think, you know, even being a college professor, like, that's a lot of the mentality that's in academia, too. Because, 
you know, you're constantly having to prove yourself, constantly having to prove your ability, because if you're not good enough, like they will find a reason to, you know, kind of get rid of you. Right. And so, so yeah, like that's where, like, I've always had like this hyper desire to like learn and grow. But I think in the back of my mind, in the midst of all that, like at the start, it was really learning and growing to try to put myself in a position where I was becoming essential. Mm -hmm. And that was the drive, I think, behind it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I was trying to constantly, like, prove to the people around me and prove to myself that, you know, what I was doing and what I was contributing was actually worth something. Mm -hmm. And then you get, then you get introduced into ministry where literally you're around people like, Philo conference, just the uh, production conference that mm-hmm. we just went to, um, staff and coordinators and stuff, constantly talking about that culture of working yourself out of a job. And when you're introduced into that from like uh, the workforce, that doesn't like a normal workforce, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Then you get into like church culture where it's like literally the best leaders in church culture are working themselves out of a job. And then you really run into this headbutt of that issue of going, I have to feel, uh, I have to make other people around me see that I'm valuable. And I'm looking at Scott like, you have to teach other people how to do what you're doing so that you can stop doing it. And Scott's going, then what am I worth when I'm done? Like, when I've taught them all how to do my job and I'm just standing here like, what? and I'm like, dude, we'll find something else. You will have worked to a higher level of a bigger degree of being mm-hmm. able to take on more. And um, yeah, talk yeah, a little I bit mean, about that journey, kind of. And yeah, like that that philosophy, that mindset is something that was absolutely foreign to me, because I mean, I've been in these different jobs, these different positions where yeah, like you're constantly having to prove yourself. Having a PhD means that you're an expert in a given field. In the field of communication, I'm considered a quote-unquote expert, which is a terrifying thing, I'll say, but... <laughs> I'm going to own it. You put the work in for sure. this far. But, but I mean, you're, you're constantly working to give yourself longevity in a position. Like, you're proving, like, I mean, where I am up at Concordia, that's where, you know, if I do my job well, I could be there for, like, 30 years. Being in ministry, being in... A position like this, you know, yeah, like the philosophy of working myself out of a job, like, is something that just, yeah, feels absolutely foreign. It's a mindset that I'm starting to, like, understand more and more. But, you know, I think even in our society, like, we're not used to this idea of, you know, working to build others up so that I can remove myself from that picture. Because we live in a society where it's like, you know, we need to be in like the center, the forefront. We need to be a part of that conversation at all times. And so if we're working ourselves out of that conversation, then society tends to dictate, well, what do you have to contribute then? This is great. I want to brag on Scott and his growing, like for one second. (laughs) Go for it. About um two months ago, probably, Scott had a weekend where I had him in kind of like a producer role. We don't have officially a producer role right now. 
that we operate out of. But uh, production coordinator. Yeah, production coordinator. There we go. Nice. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> video director, not switcher. Scott was not in a hands-on role that weekend. He was training a new a video video uh, director that was coming up, and he was doing really solid that weekend. And we got done with the weekend, and Scott texted me that he had never really felt that worthless in a weekend. Like, he had no value to give the weekend even though I looked because at that. Because you weren't doing it. Because it, because his hands weren't on it. Got yes, it. exactly. That was what it was. When I looked at that situation, I'm like, this is great because Scott is hands-free. And if anything happens, he knows how to step into that situation and help us to at least get to the point. If we can't fix it, he knows that when it's time to call it and submit a ticket or whatever. Um, and so from that weekend, he uh, he and I had a conversation that week about that text and where he was at mentally with that and feeling devalued by that position and not needing to have his hands on something and from that weekend I think it was to the very next weekend that I had him pretty much doing the same thing I think you I think you were in the same role of kind of just floating and seeing what's going on or whatever and I had him actually delegate some different things like communication over the radios and things like that out to other people and change the perspective of like instead of seeing my value in what I do how can I see value in the people that I help establish or delegate things to and from the weekend before to that weekend he ended up giving me feedback that he was like Scott was like that was like one of the most fulfilling rewarding weekends I've ever felt since being in this role here at Cedar Creek and it was like I just I see it all the time and I really value it and I tell you that I value it but like just the fact that like that quick of a turnaround of learning I think if everybody on our teams including myself like that's challenging that's hard if we can all turn around and learn that fast mm-hmm. and learn how to just kind of reevaluate what a win is what a quote unquote win on the weekend is I think really like it can completely change the way that our weekends operate and our team operates at the mm-hmm. core, really. Yeah, I, you have you have something special that um, put two things aside. The the one that you have this perspective that you've uh, struggled with on identifying, like I need to be central, um, and without that, I'm I'm worthless mm-hmm. or useless or not valuable. But then you have out of that, you have this gift that. The fact that you be efficient, quick, you can get ahead for someone, hold your hand back, here, grab on, let's go, and guide them that much quicker ahead with you. That's great. That's leading when you don't necessarily have to Mm -hmm. be the leader. Mm -hmm. That's super valuable. I see that. And so the fact Mm -hmm. that you're you're growing in that understanding, that perspective, that that concept, along with Ezra mm-hmm. and your team members. Yeah, that's that's so good to hear. Um, and hopefully, everyone listening, they're kind of getting these these nuggets of of wisdom and knowledge out of this. Understand, like, do not have to have a title. You don't have to have a role in this place. Yeah, you might be considered a video director, but then the next week you might be considered a camera op. You know? Yeah. You can still lead in those places. Yeah, and like I was even saying to Ezra like yesterday that, I mean, so many people on our team, like they have 
they are leaders, whether they recognize it or not. Yeah. Like, they have so much that they are putting their hands to. And you don't necessarily have to be out in front of people to be a leader. There you go. I mean, because, you know, what I do, most people, like, who attend Cedar Creek don't know I'm there. Mm-hmm. Don't know that, like, you know, the people that I'm serving alongside are necessarily there. Mm-hmm. But each and every person in the work that they're doing, they are leading. They are helping usher people into the presence of God and, you know, having an impact on the people around them, you know, even if, you know, we're not the person on stage, even if we're not, you know, directly like speaking necessarily into someone else's life, you know, each and every person in whatever position they're in, they are a leader. And that's something like, as I'm working with people, like I want them to be able to see more and more of that potential. Mm-hmm. And more and more of that reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, Ezra, do you have anything in this vein of stuff we're talking about that you want to add? I think I'm going to... Um, I think I'm good if you pivot. Okay. Last question, yep. concept. Uh, so, out of the time you've been here at Cedar Creek, out of this shift of perspective, understanding that you can still lead without having to, you know be in the position understanding uh essentially like the concept of servanthood and discipleship understanding how to bring people along with you and therefore you can continue to advance to maybe something else that you can help someone else get to mm-hmm. have you taken anything out of that discovery into your your current secular job for many years like i'd actually held on to the belief that when I'm teaching, when I'm working with my students, it's not about the title that I bring because, you know, my focus when I'm working with them, like my focus is entirely on my students and their success. If at any point in my career, I've thought that like the focus would turn to me, that's where I've said, like, I need to take a step back and reevaluate why I'm doing what I'm doing. Having the title of People at West like to joke, saying, like, I'm Dr. Professor. Um, (laughs) Because you are. (laughs) Doc Scott. Dr. Professor. But, you know, like, that's a title that I've had to work to not let go to my head. Because, you know, as soon as I let my ego get in the way of that, that's where I know that my own work goes downhill. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, when my attention turns from my students, from my colleagues like from whoever it is I'm working with, that's where I know that there's going to be something that suffers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as there's been like this season of growth, I've really seen that intentionality with my students really just grow as well. Yeah. Because that's where I'm recognizing more and more like how I can work and engage and equip my students and how I can work to empower them but also, you know, recognize more and more how I can bring them along and step out of the way in the midst of that process. Last thing, uh, just encouraging everyone that at church, especially on our dream teams, there's certain things that we learn here that not only just relates to the position we're in, there's little things such as this perspective that Scott just brought as an example that you can also take into the real world in a secular area in a place that isn't a church and you can still practically use these perspectives this this mindset adjustments 
to understand ultimately how to advance the kingdom of God, whether the person's unchurched or not, you know, God's for everyone as people that are leading others towards something that they might not know what mm-hmm. it looks like. Mm-hmm. That's, that's discipleship. That's what we're called mm-hmm. to do. We all, we, we, we just want people to win. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's why we have the processes and everything. Jesus was a phenomenal example of what it looks like to lead mm-hmm. in a way that when you step out of the picture, yeah. people thrive. Yeah, step out of the I way. mean, his 12 disciples did not, uh, by the time he ascended, 11 disciples. That's yeah. sad. When he ascended to heaven, they did not feel prepared. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not see themselves being the catalyst of the church but jesus stepping out of the way after he did the teaching and the guiding and saying my holy spirit's with you even though you don't have my physical voice there with you right now my physical presence with you my holy spirit's there really that like that's the example of what leadership is is to go how do i build these people up with the time that i have with them and then step out of the way and it's not that they don't notice i'm gone there's still that that tension of like, man, if this leader was still around, mm-hmm. this might be so much easier for me. Right. But they're still able to operate in a way that glorifies God and builds the kingdom. And uh, I think that that's been the the focus of, you know, I think it is the focus of my journey, my life, and where this journey that Scott's now entered into and, and all of us at the church really is how do we step in? make such an impact while we're here, while we have the time. And and when we step out, did we leave leave the people that we had an influence with with enough that they can take that and um move that vision forward without us holding their hand or or pushing them. And I love that hand analogy of yeah. kind of that slingshot. It's almost mm-hmm. like you step ahead, you grab somebody's hand, you bring them up, but then don't stop at your hip, right, you know? Right. Keep slinging them forward. Yeah. And then at some point that hand does release, but they've, you know, they've gone past you at that right. point. Right. And I'm seeing a lot of that with Scott and stuff. There's so much more in production that he knows uh, than I do now. Mm-hmm. And man, when re- when Matt Gore reaches out and he's like, hey, we've got this thing. I'm like, bro, you're going to have to talk to Scott. I don't, right. I don't right. know. I don't yeah. know. So I'm seeing that happen with me and, and watching Scott step in with, delegating like communi- like communication for the weekend on the radios and trusting mm-hmm. people and stepping in like, you got this, you got this, you know, mm-hmm. like seeing that our team is growing so much faster because he's really being able to be the hands and feet of, of, you know, the vision of what this church needs to be on the production end while I'm on stage. Like I can't put my hands on that. And so it's so important that we have someone back there that's doing the same thing. Yes. And really slingshotting people uh, past us so that's great Ezra thank you for being here Scott thank you for being on the team thank you we value you we appreciate you mm-hmm. remember uh, we're not supposed to do life alone we're supposed to do it together because we are better together mm-hmm. so this is it have a great rest of the week guys love y'all